This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey everybody, this is Tom Jacobs. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. Um, I'm an astrologer, an evolutionary astrologer, and also a channel, and you can find me on the web at tdjacobs.com. And today is... um, it's kind of an improv show where, uh, or during, in during which, uh, I'm gonna take this moment of a 6 p.m. Pacific, which has just passed, and, and assume a person has been born at that moment. And I'm going to tell you the karmic story of a person who might have been, who would have been born at that, at that moment. While you have this incredible variety of possibilities over time, I'm going to tell you about the themes. I'm going to tell you about, um, you know, basically everybody who's born at that minute, four and a half, five minutes ago, will have certain thematic themes in common. And I'm going to explain those to you. And, and the point is that you can begin thinking about the moment that's happening now as not just something that is happening until you can, you know, get home and eat that sandwich and watch the game or whatever, you know, so you can go to that event you want to go to, some moment that's passing. I want you to think about every moment as a part of this ticking clock that is the cosmos and how somebody taking his or her first breath during any given moment is imprinted with the, uh, you know, with the goings-on of the moment. It's really a fascinating thing that I think can blow your mind a little bit when you really think about that. Um, (laughs) And so I want to bring this chart to life to you. Uh, You might have looked at a transit chart recently. You might have said, oh, yeah, that Pluto-Uranus square uh, from Capricorn to Aries and you know, and all, whatever that is. So the moon's in Scorpio today. And, oh, you know, this is what it feels like. And I want you to understand that everyone being born gets these imprints. So that's what's on deck today. I'm, I'm excited about this because I get pretty, I don't know, is it riled up or fired up? Filed up? I get pretty excited about um, whatever the case may be. I get I get excited about teaching people how to look at astrology charts in a novel way um, to to account for the soul's journey. And I'm going to explore this chart from the personality level, a way that a lot of astrologers might first approach the chart, and then I'm going to tell you the karmic story, which adds uh, many, many layers to it. First, to uh, give you some announcements, uh, I've just completed teaching uh, the seven-week Reading the Soul's Journey course, uh, where I took a, a small group of people through the process of getting inside how my head works when I analyze charts. And it was very successful, and I packaged that. So that's available to you for a home study course, which is pretty great. You can get that through tdjacobs.com. And I break down the four-step process of chart analysis that I do uh, in my practice and um, give a lot of examples, but also give a lot of context for how those steps have developed in my head and, and how that works. So that's pretty exciting. I'm getting great feedback from the people who have um, just completed the course. 
Uh, next announcement. Uh, tomorrow night is the uh, Full Moon event where you can uh, call in on a donation basis, and you can read all about that uh, through tdjacobs.com forward slash time. That is my site calendar. And, um, and it's going to be at 6.15 Pacific, 9.15 p.m. Eastern for an hour. Transformative meditation event. Last month, you got the Scorpio full moon uh, free on the air. And uh, I did that to let you know what it is so you can experience it. So that you can have the opportunity to get in that groove with Jehudi and then call in on the monthly, on the monthly calls. So tomorrow is the next one, uh, the Sagittarius full moon. I know, and you know, at least here in this part of the world, it's a it's a Friday night, uh, so you know, people might not be uh, gung ho about uh, doing a meditation class right after right after work. Um, but I do them when the full moon is happening or as close to it as possible. So that's kind of why it's scheduled that way. And if you can't call on live, you can get the MP3 on the same donation basis. So again, tdjacobs.com forward slash time, and go to um, the 24th, and you'll see that uh, the 24th of May, and you'll see that entry. Uh, next week, I'm going to do a free uh, presentation uh, as part of Awaken the Soul of Your Work, put on by evolutionary astrologer Marina Orms. Uh, and she came on the show a few weeks ago and talked about moon cycles. This is from the, the May 28th through May 31st. Uh, the thing, and so there are four speakers, uh, and, and mine is on Thursday, May 30th, and it's called Passion and Purpose doing what you came here to do. And this is a, a free interview at 11 a.m. Pacific and then the um, for an hour, and then the uh, MP3 is available for 24 hours uh, for free, and then you can purchase it after that. So you can uh, sign up to get all the details at astrologyheals.com, which is at Marina's site. And uh, yeah, so let me jump into this chart. I'm going to give you the data. Uh, you probably could have figured it out by now, but I'm going to tell you. Uh, May 23rd, 2013, which is today, at 6 p.m. Pacific, and uh, the city is just where I am, uh, Tucson, Arizona. So I'll give you a minute to pull up that chart. Um, and as I look at this, um, the first thing that it grabs my eye, you know, if I look at it, <laughs> I don't know how to say this and, and not sound a little weird, but if I look at it as though I'm an astrologer, that's what I wanted to say. But if I look at it as though from a, you're kind of through traditional eyes, I'll say, oh, this is a, this is a seventh house Gemini, right? The sun is in Gemini in the seventh. And that, that tells me about, um, an element of personality, the, the major element of a conscious personality being the sun tells me that it's in the seventh house, the house of the other. And, uh, if we focus on relationships and that relationships need to happen in a Gemini way. So this person will be aware of what others think. We'll, we'll ask questions. We'll exchange information. We'll feel comfortable with others if communication and learning can occur. And, and that's, that's that kind of baseline thing. And then we have a double Scorpio here, moon and uh, rising moon right on the, um, right on the ascendant on the other side of the chart. So then uh, two other important elements of personality, moon having to do with heart, emotions, sense of uh, safety and belonging, and what the person will need to do to um, – oh, I just uh, magically chose that uh, that this is a female, imaginary female <laughs> baby. Um, uh, what one has to do to be happy, moon. And also the ascendant, kind of how we just show up, our, our kind of first impression thing and how we, we try to uh, distill the complexity that we are into one outward, uh, you know, outward idea of who we are. Those two are in Scorpio, which is about intensity and it's about honesty and truth or trying to get through 
uh, dishonesty and delusion <laughs> to honesty and truth. And it's about, um, it's about sometimes being raw and sometimes being, having a very deep emotional core. So that's kind of just this, this looking at the, the, the three kind of pers- three major personality indicators in the chart. Sun is in the seventh house. Moon is on the ascendant, you know, Gemini Scorpio. We kind of begin our a character sketch that way. And, um, then we add in the, uh, the karmic stuff. So I'm going to run through the, the four step process that, that I use with all of my clients. Um, I mean, I use it before I talk to them. And then when I talk to them, I, I uh, respond to their issues and questions. But, but as I study a chart, this is how I do it, um, which is reflected in all three Souls Journey books, as well as that Reading the Souls Journey course I mentioned, uh, and also the, the Souls Journey sound bites that I, that I do for people, the 20-minute uh, reading that's a full of, full of in, info um, about your Souls Journey. So I always start with Pluto, and that tells me about the empowerment journey of the soul. What does the soul intend the human figure out how to do to be loving and strong, to be confident and strong. Uh, Except that most of us throughout human history tie uh, strength to material reality and material world outcomes. So maybe my, maybe my youth, maybe my uh, position, my money, maybe my, um, my attractiveness or perceived attractiveness, maybe, um, maybe it's my social connections or, 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 or things I have, or the home that I own, um, my vehicles, like these kinds of material world things we can tie it to, uh, the outcome of things as well. And so when we do that, we become disempowered or feel powerless when we lose one of those things or can't achieve it. So Pluto in any chart represents this kind of interesting, deep process that we are invited to go through to detach from our, our strength and confidence, and, and therefore our ability to love and accept ourselves in, in, in all ways, on all levels, to detach that from material reality and the outcomes of the manifest world and go into self-knowledge and self-acceptance, absolute, utter, unflinching self-awareness and uh, absolutely you know, unflinching self-acceptance. And that is Plutonian power. Here we have Pluto in the second house. And it's the house of survival and the house of uh, self-esteem, self-worth, and, and the process of developing skills to develop self-worth, you know, to uh, develop a skill and uh, turn that into cash so that we can eat. So you see this link between that. But people with Pluto in the second house uh, can, can often struggle about self-esteem. Essentially, they have to prove prove something to themselves, but they have karmic memories of this perception of failure when it comes to that, being overpowered when it comes to self-esteem, being being powerless when it comes to resources. And some people who have Pluto in the second will have money issues, and some of them will have um, uh, such a highly developed work ethic and self-confidence that they never have money issues. And so it's kind of a wide range of things regarding the uh, – or wide range of possibilities regarding the relationship uh, with resources. So Pluto's in the second person, this little person. Now we're talking about somebody who is at this point 15 minutes old. And I'm telling you what the soul is about. <laughs> it's kind of amazing to me. Um, so this person will, will need to develop skills and be self-sufficient and really um, become empowered through developing self-worth. Now, this is happening in Capricorn. Capricorn is a sign of structure, 
and maturity. It's also a sign of realism. So, so one of the things that can go wrong in many lives for this person is somebody with this chart is to realistically assess what he or she is good at doing and then, you know, see this opportunity to either improve it or feel that he or she can't. So there's a realism about skills here, realism about self-worth and um, the need to be mature and structured and disciplined, uh, but perhaps a really harsh reality check in some life could uh, have a lasting emotional imprint and the person could have this real sense of self-esteem issues now, you know, in this life as well. I mean, the person will have issues in this life because these well, these lives we're all living, they're, um, they're microcosms of the whole journey. So all the things I'm telling you that may have happened on other parts of the timeline, or if we talk about not in terms of past lives but the soul's other lives, then I'd say uh, the things that are happening in a bunch of lives you know, at other points of the timeline, talk about it in the present tense is kind of how I do it now, those, the energetic imprint is in play now. And so you have somebody who is, at this point, 16 minutes old, and uh, this, this will show up in this person's life even without uh, a biography to speak of. You know, even without a, um, a lot of experience, these issues will come up about self-worth, even without uh, you know, some test that seems to, to not go well when it comes to that. So realism about about resources and value system and self esteem and and is called for and this is um this is retrograde uh, Pluto's retrograde and what it means technically is that from the Earth's perspective uh, right now when this person was born seven minutes ago uh, the, uh, the the planet Pluto appeared from our perspective to be going backward and uh, that happens for five months every year so about five twelfths of the population has this in in, in their charts. And it means that this Pluto story has to be done differently. It will seem that the energy is a little turned inward. It might seem um, less active or less forthright, less outgoing. Um, but what, what actually happens is a person won't quite know what to do, in this case, about Capricorn second house, approaching values and resources in a, in, in a mature, stable way. So the person will triumphize other people's ideas Basically, looking around at what the people who seem normal are doing and mimicking them or modeling after them. In this case, Capricorn second, uh, we talk about this. It, what, what's happened for this person is how money is made and why and uh, how the person feels about money and resources and that whole process of self-worth and developing self-esteem needs to be reinvented. Essentially, this is a signature of somebody who – you ask the you ask the this little kid what do you want to do when you grow up and she thinks about the people that she knows who have jobs right my um you know maybe her mother's a teacher her aunt's a lawyer maybe her um you know her her, her father builds things whatever she'll kind of scan what other people are doing with it and she'll kind of offer one and if she gets if she gets reinforcement, oh, that's great that you want to go be a construction worker or an attorney or whatever it is, then that can kind of, oh, yeah, I can get validation through this other person's idea. So so, so that person, some of these people with this kind of signature can actually grow up to do things that they really don't want to do, but they don't know how to check in with themselves to see what is most important to them. 
So that's kind of a that's kind of a trap with 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 uh, with this kind of thing. Thinking that um, uh, there's a normal thing, but since they don't know what it is, they'll just kind of observe the people who seem normal and do that. And uh, so the you know this is not the uh, Pluto of a dreamer essentially needing to be practical. Capricorn Earth sign second house uh, is an Earth house. So um, so so there's that. Um, probably has. Uh, gonna have some stuff in in her her mind about what it takes to become um, uh, you know um, worth love essentially is what we're coming to uh, with this with signature and she's gonna have to unwind it she's gonna have some preconceived ideas that I have to do something which is a Capricorn idea I have to be the best at something I have to I have to achieve something in order to feel good about myself and that's going to be a trap. So we're going to take uh the first break. Uh stay with me. I'll be right back uh on the soul's journey. This is Tom Jacobs. answers to help you navigate life the book jehudi speaks offers wisdom channeled from ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times jehudi speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on earth now a compilation of four channeled books jehudi speaks explores karmic relationships our relationships with animals loss and death of all kinds why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. Uh, today, um, the uh, show is uh, uh, if you were born today, uh, if you have been born today, and uh, I'm looking at the chart of an imaginary baby who, um, if not imaginary, would be about 22 minutes old at this point. I'm going to give you the data just in case you're tuning in now. Uh, May 23rd, 2013, obviously today, at 6 p.m., in Tucson, Arizona, 6 p.m. Pacific uh, in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. Um, so I've gone through uh, the, the better part of the, the Pluto analysis here, giving you an idea of, um, of what the, the soul's journey has to do with this baby. Now, now, if this person had been born, you know, 
everyone's in the delivery room. Everyone's transitioning into the, the room where the mother is going to go and does the baby come in and uh, this new joy, all this, uh, you know, all of this, um, excitement with this new life and all of the, you know, medical personnel are doing their things and all the hustle and bustle that <laughs> that's going on to make sure everyone's in the right place and receiving the right care. You know, that, that is something that would be happening now. Uh, and so to, to give you this kind of hot off the presses look, I think is very interesting, which is obviously why we're doing it today. Um, with the aspects to Pluto in the chart, uh, I tend to focus primarily on what are thought of as hard aspects. And, uh, so, so oppositions, squares, conjunctions, and, and even quincunxes, which are a minor aspect that I use quite often. Uh, they answer questions, and I like having questions answered. Um, in this, in this chart, there are a couple, uh, oppositions to, um, to minor bodies, and I'll tell you what they are. I do use the asteroid goddesses, as well as the true Black Moon Lilith and Eris. Um, and in this case, so we have a square to Uranus in uh, Aries in the fifth, and also an opposition to Ceres and Vesta in Cancer in the eighth house. And I want to I want to just give you an overview of, of these ideas. Um, first, just talk about the Pluto Uranus square. You know, those of you who are uh, keeping up with astrology and, and transits uh, are aware of um, these, uh, perhaps might be aware of these seven very important uh, meetings uh, between these two outer planets between 2012 and 2015. We just had uh, the third of the seven on the 20th, which appears to be three days ago as of this recording. And um, and it's uh, Pluto and Capricorn uh, squaring Uranus and Aries. And so it's kind of a, a big um, – it's a it's kind of a a big uh, amount of energy that is built up in tension, not in intention with two T's, but in tension with an S, and um, and something has to give with this. And so, uh, you know, as you're thinking about what's been happening in the last uh, couple of weeks for you, as this square has built, and then uh, and then something needed to be resolved on the twentieth, uh, I want you to be aware that there are people who are being born right now. <laughs> who have this as part of their karmic signature because it's a square to Pluto, the marker of the soul's empowerment journey. It's a big reason why I wanted to do this today was to show you how the soul's journey uh, of somebody including this square from Uranus to Pluto can uh, – like how that can how that can happen, what, what it looks like in many lives. We are dealing with the third out of seven in a three-year period, uh, but this person would be dealing with many, many, many lives of this energy in his or her field. Um, so if Pluto is empowerment and the need to become strong, uh, squares are friction to that. And Uranus is about sudden change and innovation and sometimes trauma. Uh, Uranus in Aries is thing, sudden things happening very quickly and perhaps violently even. Think of the, um, you know, the uh, pressure cooker, uh, is, uh, too pressured. <laughs> and steam must be released. And so there, you know, if there isn't a release valve, something can explode sometimes. So now in this case, in this person, we're talking about this need to become empowered through, uh, you know, dedicated hard work to in- improve skills, to gain skills and improve them, and um, and become um, mature through uh, through this way of um, manifesting the value system as resources and self worth and all this stuff. This put on the second journey, but needing to reinvent how that works because it's retrograde needing to uh, avoid assumptions of what it should look like and, and forge a unique path. And then the square uh, from uh, Uranus and Aries in the fifth, and there's something sudden 
uh, of Uranian nature that comes at this person from the side. So, you know, wherever it's happening in your chart, you may have this sense of um, something has to change. You know, you don't feel free in some way. You feel stuck somewhere. Um, and that's kind of a very common uh, set of themes with this square. And you can check out my blog, uh, tdjacobs.com, uh, to, to get more insights into this because I've been uh, writing about writing about this for, for a while. Um, as soon as I found out about these squares, uh, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago or something, I've been writing about them in. So you can look up the even just the Uranus category on my blog will uh, will give you all the, the 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 stuff about it. But this person has been knocked off course, like pressured, friction, this empowerment journey to um to really develop this kind of stability when it comes to self worth. Um, something sudden and perhaps violent has come out from the side, and and what Uranian events are um, sudden change, uh, something breaks and everybody's affected. Something new is invented. And people are affected. Um, mass social change, even when it comes to be feeling a kind of a revolutionary or rebellious air. Um, and it's also, it also can be accidents and things like this. And so somebody with this chart signature could actually be dealing with, uh, you know, the emotional imprint now of a bunch of lives in which something sudden, you know, prevents this person from being able to develop that self-esteem and and what happens is the imprint in the field actually vibrates this is happening this is happening so from our perspective you know living in this particular life you know i'm tom jacobs it's 2013 i live on earth blah 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 um from that perspective i will have an emotional imprint that kind of i might feel as memories or feelings inside me but when you talk about the karma of this you talk about the multi-life experience my field is vibrating that memory or that feeling, and it will therefore create itself in the world around me. Uh, the Soul's Journey books are a great resource for this because I, I go into uh, how, how this works and why <laughs> and what the soul is so you understand the, funda- the fundamental parts of this. Uh, but essentially, this person will actually draw – you know this young this young child you know uh, born this hour will actually draw Uranian things that – that challenge her ability to develop self-esteem. And it will look like Uranian things being a problem, but the, but the kid will be vibrating. Uranian energy needs to come to me as a square, which is pressure and friction and pushing at me. It's a very, it's a very interesting thing how this works. So uh, the soul's intention with this is to learn how to change. <laughs> it's actually that simple. The soul intends with this, uh, with this setup that uh, sudden change is needed to break up stagnation, which is certainly possible with a Pluto and Capricorn in the second, Earth sign, Earth house, and also retrograde. I might be trying on other people's ideas of it, not sure how to do it myself. I might need to be shaken out of predictable patterns. And that will be the function from the soul's perspective. But again, the experience can be difficult for the human. And in my work, I'm always trying to tell people what the soul is trying to get them to understand so that they can, they can work with that and stop taking everything quite so personally because these, uh, these are vibratory essences. Like we're carrying the energies, we're vibrating them into existence around us. So when you see that and you understand what it is and why it is, then you can alter what you're vibrating. And that, that's really what I do. I, I, I barely feel like an astrologer anymore uh, or even a channel because this is what I'm doing. 
helping you change your karma, helping you stop the pattern that doesn't work well. And so you can see what the divine intention is from your from your soul, which is a portion of a of a you know divine consciousness, part part of creator energy. So that's the deal with this Pluto Uranus square. The oppositions with from Pluto here are um, Vesta at 11 Cancer in the 8th, and Ceres at 17 Cancer at the end of the 8th. Um, oppositions to Pluto talk about something that challenges or confronts this journey. It can be a wonderful reflection of somebody or a situation revealing to us something about ourselves in reflection that we might not know, we might not know how to uh, see ourselves or can't see. But it can also feel challenging and threatening uh, as though somebody might be telling us we're doing something wrong or or showing us, you know, that we're doing something wrong. It can be – sometimes we can feel like uh, the deer in the headlights with this aspect, with something to, to Pluto. And um, so we have Vesta, which is about dedication and service. And when we do Vesta, we never do it halfway. It's, it's all or nothing because we take the thing so seriously. In series is about nurturing and protection. Now, these are in – uh, the sign of nurturing cancer in the eighth house intimacy. So this person, essentially, this this you know this baby and other lives is trying to develop a solid self, a sense of self-esteem. Say that a bunch of times quickly, and then as opposed by trusted intimates, perhaps family. I'm saying that because Ceres and Cancer are, are represented, but trusted intimates. Those are the people who live in the eighth, in our eighth houses. And there is something happening that challenges this person. It can be a reflection of, oh, you really, um, you know, your drawing skills are really not that great when it comes down to it. I'm only saying this because I love you. <laughs> you know, it still hurts even if somebody says that last part. Um, so anyway, so in a bunch of lives, this person will draw others to reveal something he or she can't see. Um, so it's an interesting thing. And the, the, the idea from the soul's perspective is to learn to integrate this other perspective, but it can be hurtful if we receive it in a certain way. So that's the, uh, that's the, that's the Pluto deal. Uh, move on to the second uh, step of the story, which, which talks about the south node of the moon. And, uh, and, um, in some charts, you, you see the south node and the north node drawn. In the charts I use, and, and I tend to forget this until I'm working with students who say, wait a minute, where's the south node? In the charts, the charts I use, sometimes uh, uh, just the north node is visible. Uh, if, if that's true for you, always just go 180 degrees to the other side of the wheel. South node is always opposite the north node. This south node is at uh, 16 degrees of Taurus, right on the Taurus descendant. The descent at the beginning of the seventh house, and um, the the south node is is about uh, the karmic incubator that the soul chooses for the person again and again, and what that looks like is the conditioning environments to train this person how to be a person, to train this you know clueless soul, this baby, how to be a person, because every soul knows that its human baby selves will be helpless and clueless, so a kind of incubator is chosen, and. A south node in the seventh house says there's a big emphasis on relationships. What's fair? What isn't fair? What's required or expected of others? Um, and how to defer to others is a possibility here. Um, and all of this, uh, but, but an emphasis on relationships and the other. And, and uh, uh, all this is happening in Taurus, the sign of slowing down to make sure things are working correctly. 
and um, also the sign of sensuality, and it's a sign of um, um, focusing on the essentials. Focusing on the essentials. It's not about complexity. Uh, sometimes you say superficial with a judgment, but it's not about that. It's just the thing that's kind of on the surface. When you're doing Taurus well, you just want to deal with the thing that's apparent, the thing that you can look at and see. So uh, this person's coming from, you know, born into a family system in a bunch of lives. It's different souls and people in, in different lives, but this, the themes are similar. It doesn't mean everyone's a Taurus or everyone has a seventh house placement with the south node uh, in the family, but it means there's a thread of this that's very important in the family that will serve as this karmic incubator. Um, and so there's a great emphasis on stability within relationship. There's a great emphasis on um, the values within relationship. Whether things are fair or not, there's a great emphasis on the values that go into making a good relationship. Um conjunct the south node about about eight degrees is mars and so mars in the seventh mars within relationships so aggression assertion um activity um uh, you know saying yes and no kind of and action you know activity uh these things saturate this family system so the person will come in knowing a great deal about mars uh for better and worse and uh but but mars within relationship you know, action within relationship. Um, sometimes people with Mars on the South Node come in from situations involving or shaped by war in some way, or rescue and defense, or athletics can be a great uh, Mars uh, emphasis here too. Uh, basically, this person has had a lot of experience doing Mars in a bunch of ways, and so has the family for a variety of ways. Um, and the person is going to have to sort through the right ways to do Mars. Because there's going to be a tendency towards, you know, being assertive and aggressive or not, and the person is going to have to learn how to find the middle ground in this life. There is one square to the nodes, which is uh, the asteroid Juno at 17 Aquarius in the third house. Juno is about uh, commitment, and if you look it up in in some astrology texts, it'll say it's about marriage, it's, that it's a marker of marriage. And that kind of relationship. And I, what I offer is that um, it, it's about commitment uh, and the kind of commitment of which marriage is one kind. So don't think that all Juno stories have to do with legalized matrimony. Just, just kind of edge away from that and understand it's kind of what the person may be inclined to commit to. Uh, and so in this family system, there's an unresolved issue or something that creates karmic confusion, those are two key phrases for a square to the nodal axis, with Juno and Aquarius in the third. So commitment to uh, learning or speaking or a mindset. Third house is where we gather a bunch of info, but we can also have some filters uh, sometimes with that. Um, you know, Sometimes um, if we're not free and clear in the third house, we might actually try to interpret things too. And so sometimes a, a kind of a, a, a mental stance, you know, a, an idea and a belief can happen when you have this kind of signature. And Aquarius, there's something different here. And, and with, you know, different, unique, original, but with the square to the nodes, we're looking at this is unresolved. So the speech and the thought, the ideas and the way the mind works could uh, function in a not free way, meaning, you know, it needs to become Aquarian in a good way. Uh, it can also be that um, that um, there's a, how do you say this, like a, a hair trigger response, verbal response, 
that maybe should be tempered a little bit. It could be too verbal, maybe needing to step back and think before speaking, and that's one of the possibilities here. But there's a kind of commitment to something in the third house that needs to be reworked and done in a new way. Also, the midheaven uh, axis, the MCIC axis, is also square this nodal axis, and and that says that the balance between public and private, work and home, or 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 community and 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 inner world, uh, those things uh, need to be reworked as well. So there's going to be something out of balance in this person's karmic history as well with that. Uh, moving on to the, the third step of the story, uh, we're actually going to do that after uh, the next break. So stay with me. This is A Soul's Journey. Uh, we'll be right back. wired is no accident your soul has divine intentions for this life understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world a soul's journey soundbite from astrologer and channel tom jacobs is a 15 minute mp3 reading on your major life themes tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you your values passions fears and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your soul's journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Looking for answers to help you navigate life? The book Jehudi Speaks offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back uh, to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And and tonight uh, I'm I'm doing the chart of an imaginary uh, baby girl who was born at the top of this hour. I'm going to give you the data just so you can create a chart if you're just joining me. Uh, May 23rd, 2013. That's today, 6 p.m. in Tucson, Arizona. And um, now in this uh, karmic analysis, I'm at the third step of the story, which is the uh, South Node Ruler. Um, and, and, and thus far, uh, in, the, in the second step anyway, I talked about the family incubator, the incubator of family. And, um, and that uh, tells me about what, what karma, what beliefs and emotional kinds of imprints this little baby shares with the family into which she is born and or will be raised by. And um, so the south node ruler by sign, the south node's Taurus, and so I'm looking for Venus as the south node ruler. That tells me about how she keeps showing up in a bunch of lives, which may be different. And and this kind of uh, differentiation, 
you know, there's a family incubator, there's a system, there's a set, and then this person's role can differ quite greatly and can actually explain a lot of people who feel like uh, they must have been left on the doorstep as a baby or kind of black sheep or, you know, hounding their parents. I know you adopted me because I don't fit here. That kind of um, frustration from feeling that they don't fit, it's all reflected in the chart in the kind of what I call these black sheep setups. Uh, and in this case, we actually have one of those uh, for two different reasons. But look to the south moon ruler of Taurus again is Venus. Now I go to Gemini in the eighth house, Venus at 17, Gemini in the eighth house. And there are some conjunctions and a couple other aspects to cover uh, briefly. Essentially, this person shows up as an eighth house person, wanting the truth, needing intimate connection, uh, wanting to gaze in someone's eyes to make a foundation together, really bond in a deep way. This is a house of trust and intimacy and, and sharing what is most important, whether that's something we build together, resources we have together, or sharing as in creating a bond, like I'm telling you who I am, I'm revealing myself. That kind of sharing fits here too. Gemini, an emphasis on communication, a need to uh, verbalize, and also a need to change things up and to have variety. So uh, this person shows up conjunct Mercury, the true black moon Lilith, and Jupiter, all in Gemini in the eighth. So the person shows up as a mercurial figure. It just heightens this idea of being in Gemini, uh, learning, teaching, writing, speaking, communication being very important. Shows up as a Lilith figure. Uh, needing to connect deeply to instinct and the lower chakra wisdom of the of the natural world as it comes into our lower chakras. You know, each of us. If you're not familiar with my Lilith teaching, the Lilith healing in the wild is is now my most popular uh, book through various sales channels, uh, and it's about um, reconnecting with instinct. And uh, so you can check that out through Kindle and Amazon on my site. Um, but so the need to be autonomous and independent and fully authentic. Very important here. And then Jupiter, having a, having a great sense of belief or expansiveness or optimism or pessimism. So this person shows up as a communicator who's looking to make deep connections and needs to um, expand within these connections, uh, within these relationships. Uh, and, and the need to be vulnerable is very, very great here. But this black sheep thing is that the, the south node ruler is in a sign next to the south node. There's natural tension in signs that are next to each other. They, they do things very differently, and they don't always get each other. Um, but the other, the other thing to mention is uh, this Venus uh, in, this, in this stellium is quincunx, which is about a 150-degree aspect. And in this chart, it's, um, it's uh, about 38 minutes of, of, of orb. So it's actually pretty tight. It's under a degree, about two-thirds of a degree. Uh, quincunx moon which is on that ascendant and north node. And um, the quincunx is, is we're not quite sure how to be in the same room together. And it can be that one person or one element in this can seem to get the upper hand, and the other one can be surprised or shocked or not quite sure how to reorient in the intended direction. So in this case, needing to trust, needing to open up, ask questions. I need to tell you who I am on a fundamentally deep level, the deepest levels. And I'm being blindsided or knocked off course by moon, which are people who are close to me and or family. People who are closest to me in my life fit with my moon. And so in this case, this person in the quest to trust has actually been betrayed by scorpionic people 
who don't honor that need this person has for transparency and trust and develop trust together. So there's a huge story there. There's a huge story there with somebody feeling perhaps that he or she can't trust family in general. It's a it's a opportunity for healing, uh, definitely. It's not like the end of the world or it's not that there's no remedy. It's that um, the person needs this, – this little girl is going to have to grow up if she were not imaginary. <laughs> she would have to um, grow up to um, learn how to trust even when things can surprise her from left field and make her feel – and leave her feeling betrayed. She has to keep getting on that trust horse, so to speak, keep getting back up there. Um, another aspect to talk about is the, the square to Chiron in Pisces in the fourth. It's another indicator of some perhaps difficulty in family. It's, you know, Chiron in the fourth can be this deep sensitivity to emotion and energy, but it also represents, um, you know, one reaction to deep sensitivity is woundedness. Another one is being a healer, hence the wounded or wounded healer idea that's so prevalent in astrology these days and um, there's also a book on Chiron for me if you want to get behind that and come out of wounding or being the wounded healer you, there's actually a third phase that I explain in, in the Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age book people find it really inspirational the first time they've ever heard anyone say you can heal the Chiron wound and here's how to do it so you should check that out as well but a square from that says that people at home who carry great sensitivity and p- perhaps woundedness square pressure and friction her in a bunch of lives. And so this can be, you know, the fact of somebody's wounding or not sure how to take, not being sure how to take responsibility for his or her feelings, uh, can, um, make this person not open up. Essentially, if I'm sitting there, and I am wounded and whiny, and I don't know how to process my deep grief or my self-esteem issues. Or, you know, let's say that I'm in a in a really kind of a fragile place with it, and I don't know how to be adult responsible and be my own inner parent and heal this. Um, you, the, given this chart signature, can sense that you're not going to want to open up to me because then you're just going to be absorbing the stuff that kind of is like my garbage, the stuff that I don't know how to heal. So so this is kind of a barrier to developing trust with people, and it's from the fourth house, so it also involves family. Um, and then the fourth step of the story with this chart is, is very interesting to me. Uh, you know, I actually just picked the time because um, right when the show started at, at 6 p.m. Pacific, but um, it's really interesting, this, this north node. It's right on the ascendant. It's conjunct moon, and it's in a wide conjunction with Saturn. I'm I'm going to count it just in case, and I, I do this with clients. So this is about 10, 10 and a half degrees. Typically with the nodes, I use 10, uh, but uh, sometimes I'll say, if this is relevant for you, use this info. If it doesn't resonate, don't worry about it. And so I'm going to do that in this case so you can see if that Saturn is conjunct the north node, you know, if in that person's emotional experience, you know, energetically, consciousness-wise what you would say about it. But the North Node, let's just start there. Uh, in, uh, let's see, technically, it's in, it's in the, it's in the 12th, actually. So I, I read the, uh, the South Node is technically in the 7th, but right on the Descendant, it's okay to do that. Uh, but this, this North Node right on the Ascendant, um, this, this person, the North Node represents what our families can't teach us because they're very busy you know, heeding the soul's request to be the south node for us. So north node on the ascendant is self-interested action, the need to develop independence, make decisions on one's own. Uh, in Scorpio, this is about 
digging under the surface to understand deep motivation. It's about the truth, and it's about not stopping at what appears to be true, but going until you find the resonant truth. What is really true here? What vibrates is true here? What satisfies my curiosity? What, what allows me to feel deeply and also get some answer about the mysteries of life? That's a Scorpio thing. So, so this person is, is going to need to grow up to ask hard questions. Now, uh, with the moon here, happiness has been elusive. Essentially, anything that's conjunct the north node has been missing from the family. Now, of course, everyone has a moon, right? Families have you know, moons and do moon stuff together. But as far as happiness, safety, and security, which are moon keywords, uh, this has been lacking from the family system. Sometimes when moon is conjunct the north node, you'll find uh, people who feel like they're weird, they're weird, they're a weird experiment, a collection of people who are related through DNA but don't understand each other and don't feel like they're in it together. That's one possibility here. And also, uh, the moon on the north node says that because uh, safety and security and family has been elusive, have been elusive, this is a signature of needing to leave home or being abandoned and also being adopted. That's one of the signatures with the moon on the north node in this way. Um, not that every chart you, chart you see with moon on the north node says adoption, but it's certainly one of the things that can happen, and I've, I've seen it a number of times in my practice. Um, so this person needs to create happiness through through dealing intensely with the truth, through looking at what is difficult to look at. Uh, and then Saturn here. Um, Saturn here is um, about structure, discipline, and maturity. And if it is in orb of this north node, um, Saturn in Scorpio in the 12th. Saturn in the 12th is about aligning our, our Saturn function, our maturity, discipline, work, structure function with 12th house principles, which have to do with what's true. What is universally true? People with Saturn in the 12th sometimes find themselves working in spiritual realms in different ways or working for masses of people on behalf of masses or with masses. Um, but also it can be uh, the development of a project that you then release and surrender to the rest of creation. That's another possibility. The need to surrender the work function it can happen in different ways. The work I do is Saturn in the 12th, and actually, while Saturn was transiting my 12th, which is a little different than this, I channeled four books in a year. It's kind of like the channeling got serious because my work suddenly became about channeling, which is a 12th house uh, idea. So um, so this person is going to have to learn how to orient the work function and the, the maturity function with 12th house principles. It's kind of – people say it's hard to understand, but it's not. You just kind of have to live multidimensionally, uh, make it sound easy. Um, so anyway, on the north node, this maturity, responsibility, and work hasn't been taught to this person. So how to trust in the universe, how to trust in life, how to have faith, how to create happiness. Now we're shifting to the moon keywords. Uh, all those things are going to be foreign, how in, uh, foreign to this person, uh, at least at first. How to um, break free from the uh, normalcy of family, whether it's happy or unhappy, the, the, the normal state, right, the steady state, uh, into um, something innovative for the self and, 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 and something that really opens up this person to, to create new ways of being happy and healthy and mature and an adult. And, um, and ultimately, when there's a north node on the ascendant like this, a lot of times people have to learn how to say no to people quite a bit more than they, than they say yes to people. And that's a new skill, something that hasn't been learned in a bunch of lives. And this person may have a lot of um, 
preconceived ideas that um, I shouldn't do that. Remember, because in a bunch of wives, she's being conditioned by the south node, which is about togetherness and, and listening to others, taking others into account, meeting others' needs, and that kind of thing. So this independence thing is going to be hard, but her happiness has been staked on it, so to speak. Like she, it's a, to be happy, moon, to feed her heart and her emotional center. She's got to do this evolutionary step, which is stepping away from the people that she comes from. So I just find this, uh, I just find this whole thing so interesting when I kind of, you know, I thought I randomly picked the time just because the, when the show started, but, but it's a great illustration of, um, of, uh, of uh, you know coming from a family actually where the person might not feel that he or she belongs, and uh, so it's very interesting. You have that uh, South Node ruler in a sign adjacent to the South Node. That's one thing. You have South Node ruler Quincunx Moon. That's another thing. Square Chiron in the fourth. It's a third thing, and then the Moon on the North Node. A fourth thing. So it's kind of a kind of a huge chart about um, the challenges of of being feeling accepted by family and 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 figuring out. How to trust that what they have in common is important, even though these differences do exist. So that's my um, so that's my my analysis here of this chart. I, I hope you found hope you found it useful and helpful. And if you want to get into this, get um, the books, the Soul's Journey one, two, and three. I can't believe there are three vol three volumes out now. Um, the first book out, uh, lays out the principles. The second book takes it to an intensive workshop format. And you can also hear me interview one of the participants on the on the uh, show from uh, late November if you want to if you want to go back to the archives uh, on tdjacobs.com forward slash soul html you can actually hear me interviewing one of the participants and then the then the uh, the th- so teaching them about emotional archaeology and how to dig through emotions and uh, and change karma how to dig through the strata of emotions and change karma. And then uh, The Soul's Journey 3, the one that released uh, in April uh, of this year, just recently, a case study, which is uh, taking the, all the principles a little further and looking at one person's uh, past lives, uh, other lives, and karmic journey and how – and this person is me. So you get an inside look at, at uh, my multi-life journey you know, with the with the, the experience and, and knowledge that I carry here. You get that insider's look into how a soul – travels through time essentially and how i deal with that and how i've come uh, through certain healing processes and, and what i'm working on now so anyway that and the reading the soul's journey course which is now the seven week uh, seven mp3s and a bunch of uh, handouts to uh, to work with so you have you know and i also tutor people if you're interested in one-on-one work uh, i tutor people all over the world and that's uh they get a lot out of it a lot out of it so great thanks for joining me for this show uh just to recap some announcements um uh tomorrow is the full moon event wherein i channel the ascended master jehudi uh 6 15 pacific uh, ctdjacobs.com forward slash time for that and on uh, may 30th uh, i'm doing a, a free talk uh get the details through astrologyheals.com uh, thanks for joining me and have a great week You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's T-D-J-A-C-O-B-S dot com.